This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, today we bring in the beat writer for InsideTexas.com. Uh, that is Joe Cook. Joe, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have anybody else. You were at the press conference uh, on Monday, uh, spoke with Sark, spoke with several members of the team as well, and I want to get into that. And, and really, let's, let's start and just clear the injury issues up so everybody knows. Um, it sounds like to me that Keaton Crawford is maybe unavailable, not sure, and that DeMarvian Overshone, which is the bigger injury, obviously, is definitely back. Is that correct? Right. He mentioned that DeMarvian Overshone was back at practice, which with going through a concussion protocol, that's that's basically the last step. Uh, and then Keaton Crawford, he has a hamstring issue, called him day to day. So we'll see if he if he shows up on the field and is in that corner rotation on special teams on Saturday. Yeah, I think special teams is his big piece, right, of the, of the puzzle, at least now. I, I think he's definitely got a chance to be a, a real player in the future. Um, did he say anything at all or did anybody that you talked to yesterday talk about overshone since he's back Jalen Ford cross training to be alongside him in, in place of Brockermeyer in instances or no 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 one really talked about their play uh, Keandre Coburn mentioned a little bit talking about what Jalen Ford is like considering he got a lot of run uh, after overshone's injury but not not so much about his play or positioning or anything like that yeah Ford led the team in tackles uh, against Oklahoma State which when Oklahoma State runs the ball as much as they were doing, that's not surprising. The linebacker would, would lead the team. But uh, I thought he played uh, – I thought overall as a young player, he acquitted himself well. And so I was wondering if there was any, any talk about him behind the scenes uh, about possibly stepping in there. Um, you know, Sark uh, spent a lot of his time, as he always does, talking about the next opponent. He have anything interesting to say about uh, Baylor? He talked a lot about Dave Aranda. I can't remember if they matched up when he was at Bama and he was at LSU. Maybe they got one year overlap. Uh, and I think that would have been the, the shootout game between Joe Burrow and Tua if it was anything like that. Uh, just talked about how his, his defenses are, are extremely sound and about how Dave Aranda is very good at making adjustments to the adjustments. I know we always talk about halftime adjustments and things like that. Sarkeesian talked about how Aranda takes it to another level. And if Sarkeesian makes a change and Aranda's pretty quick to make a change in response. So uh, definitely credited his in-game coaching acumen. Of course, Dave Aranda's got a pretty sterling reputation uh, just as a person in the, in the coaching industry. And Sarkeesian touched on that a little bit too, but a lot of talk about that defense and how they are able to make a lot of things work for the Baylor Bears. Do you have anything to say about the Baylor offense that, that, that's ranked fairly highly right now? heading into uh, this week's game? I asked him a question about defending wide zone, which is what their offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, seems to, to major in and what that offense seems to major in. And he said that the biggest thing that his defense need to do, needs to do, Steve Sarkeesian's need defense, is to just hold that edge. And like we saw against Oklahoma State, they're going to deploy guys like Ovia Gofu, Ray Thornton, Ben Davis, play kind of a true classic 3-4 look so those guys, those outside linebackers, they're going to be asked to do a lot to, to defend that edge and make sure that 
things don't spill outside with inside or with outside zone. A lot of it is about finding that crease. And if that crease is that, that crease could be outside. So making sure that the running back has to read instead of just follow all the way outside is going to be a big responsibility for his defense. Talked a little bit about Gary Bohannon and about how he can uh, push the ball down the field a little bit, but also remain efficient in their offense. Uh, but a lot of it was spent on wide zone, which is what all those guys are going to have to focus on this week. It's interesting. Bohannon is completing somewhere around 65% of his passes. Uh, and he is a rare guy that also can tuck it and run and be a punishing runner, not just a, a speed runner. He's a big, big guy. So uh, the Baylor's offense is is, is going to be uh, one to watch here. I did have a question. Did they mention any at all, anything at all about uh, Alfred Collins? Because Alfred Collins is a, is a player that I think if he stays at that defensive end position in a 3-4 can really help against the run. He's much more formidable than Jet Bush or Jacoby Jones, even who uh, preceded him at position before injury. Um, did, did they mention that at all, or was that just something they just let slide? Because I, I had a conversation with Eric about it earlier this week, and, and he thought that might be part of the solution. Anything at all from there? Nothing, nothing really from the players. And uh, I guess if Keandre Coburn mentioned him, he probably got – was mentioned as one of the best players on the team because I think everybody's one of the best players on the team when you ask Keandre <laughs> Coburn. Uh, nothing really specifically mentioned, but, I mean, if you saw on Inside Texas, that's a guy whose play I highlighted uh, just individually because he was so disruptive. Of course, everybody on that defense kind of ran out of gas at a certain point, but uh, what he was able to do from a three from that four-eye position right by Coburn and with the Ojimo on the other side of him, was really disruptive against Oklahoma State, a team that didn't doesn't major in wide zone but uses it, and we'll see if he's able to do that again this week. And I like his chances. I mean, this is a this is a lot of defenders who were recruited towards Todd Orlando's three down front, uh, and then Chris Ash came in and made it four down, and now Pete Kwiatkowski's kind of using a little bit of everything. I think he found a front three that fits with that three, and Alfred Collins is one of the big reasons why. Yeah, they Texas needs a stout effort from its defense this week, in part because of what you mentioned earlier, and, and that is that Dave Aranda will mix and match and, and do a lot of things that may confuse a quarterback. Uh, and Casey Thompson, uh, I know you got a chance to speak with him yesterday. Uh, Casey Thompson has not had the best of second halves in two weeks in a row after the scripted plays have run out, after defenses have made adjustments. Did, did uh, Thompson speak at all to that, or did he just speak specifically about Baylor? He, he spoke pretty specifically about Baylor. Casey's a guy who does his research and isn't afraid to show off that he's done his research. He talked about Terrell Bernard and Apu uh, Ika and uh, even Jalen Petrie, I think Dylan Doyle as well. Uh, he, he spoke highly about all those guys. One thing that really stood out to me was that Steve Sarkeesian talked about um, going through reads and how sometimes if there's a look that the defense is offering, that Casey does a good job of getting that, okay, there's the look, there's my target, go, and he does that pretty well. Sometimes if that look isn't there, Casey struggles with his going through his read two and read three. So he was asked a little bit about that and what uh, the ways that he can work on it. And basically the, the answer is I just got to keep practicing it. I got to keep practicing it because even though he's a, what, fourth-year junior at this point, it's only start five. And, you know, you, you would hope, and, and this is offense three, but you would hope that he'd be able to go through that a little quicker. And it sounds like a lot of the buy or a significant 
chunk of reps in the bye was spent trying to make sure that he can start seeing things in the offense that may not that are there when they don't get with the defense uh, that they don't get the look defense that they were looking for it seems to me that that earlier in the season he was checking down more to the the running backs than he has lately um you know that that would say to me that maybe his progressions aren't aren't he's not checking down quickly enough he's staying with the deep ball longer perhaps um but you know, uh, I think that we've got to wait and see what comes out of the bye week. Uh, you also spoke, uh, did, did, did other than other than Sark's brief comments and Casey's comments, anything else about the offensive struggles they, they saw against Oklahoma State, or did they just think Oklahoma State was a good team? He, he was asked a little bit about the offensive line and the progress that they've made, or progress or lack of progress that they've made. Uh, he believed that moving Derek Kerstetter back to right tackle uh, was probably the best thing for this offensive line because that puts a really good uh, – probably maybe their best lineman this year um, at right tackle. Uh, but then you had to mix and match after that. And uh, there's it sounds like there's still competition at left tackle between Andre Karich and, and Christian Jones. Junior Angulau was kind of praised as the more consistent one, which I think holds true. And then – Basically, now it's time for Tope Maud in his sixth year to be able to play a full game and start going through that, or else Hayden Connor is going to come in and get some more snaps. So a lot of focus was on the offensive line, uh, also trying to figure out if, if you know how to continue to replace Jordan Whittington. Uh, we saw that once last week, and we saw a really good play from Marcus Washington in doing it, but we saw one good play from Marcus Washington in doing it. So. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the struggles are about who's kind of not there at this point instead of who's there and figuring those out. Uh, but you know the, the the competition I guess at left tackle is the one that stuck out to me about one of the things that the offense needs to fix and is trying to fix going forward. You know, I, I, Joe, I wrote an article uh, for Tuesday morning about the offensive grades thus far in the season. I just tried to, you know, put my own thoughts to how I would grade each position. And the offensive line and quarterback uh, appear to me to be intertwined almost, right? Um, similar grades for them. They, they've succeeded in four or five games and failed in two dr- dramatically, right? Um, as I look at it uh, and, and I try to diagnose the issue with the offensive line, you mentioned Derek Kerstetter maybe being the best offensive lineman this season. I think that is the a, a major issue, right? Um, we look at that Texas offensive line right now, there are no stars. I mean, it is a, it's a solid unit and and you can only say solid and that's supposed to be a a positive, right? There's no dominant force on that Texas offensive line when they, so, so Texas, um, when it gets to that, you know, third, fourth quarter, you know, games on the line situation, they don't really have somebody to run behind. Uh, that they, I mean, maybe they 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 do a little bit with Angelau, but you know they haven't been successful running behind him in, in majors very often this year, and so I I fear uh, that as you and I talk about this, right, that it, it's only going to be a solid offensive line at its best. It's never going to be a dominating one with current personnel. Um, you know, did I guess my question would be is is are they aware of that? You know, in talking to Sark, do you feel that he senses that or is it something that's just better left unsaid? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I think he definitely senses that. I think he knows that that, you know, the downfield shots are what make his offense go. He can talk about running the football as much as he wants, but when you're when you see Oklahoma State put eight and a half guys in the box, it's hard to run the football, and you got to be able to take advantage downfield, and that comes from the offensive line providing time. And so he knows that's an issue. And I even uh, kind of a, a adjacent point, you know, they're going to have to defend a big guy up the middle in, in, in uh, Apu Ika. And I asked Keandre Coburn, like, look, you outweigh Jake Majors. What's it like going against him? And Jake, and he said that Jake Majors is trying to, you know, use his technique a little bit more and really focuses on that. He, Jake Majors has strength. I mean, let's not be joking around. He's, yeah. he's north of 300 pounds, but – 360 is a lot to deal with. Luckily, he's got some guys on the team that can kind of replicate that. Uh, but he, he said it's going to be a big uh, uh, point of emphasis for majors to focus on his technique. And so one of the places I think people should watch this weekend is right in front of the ball, right where it snapped. And if that nose tackle is getting penetration, then a lot of things are going to be undone in the offense and the uh, run and pass game. But yeah, that, uh, that offensive line needs to improve to give Casey time to throw downfield, find guys like Xavier Worthy or even Marcus Washington and uh, try to make the offense go so they don't have to face those eight-and-a-half, nine-man boxes. That's, that's interesting. So that, that's, that's a good takeaway from, from this segment, I think, is that you know we need to look on Saturday and see what Jake Majors is doing against a 360-pound nose tackle and see if he can neutralize him and maybe that opens some, some things up. I mentioned how Texas is just solid along the offensive line at best. Um, take this one step further. You know, I, Marcus Washington is a great example, in my opinion. Solid football player. Very helpful as a blocker this season. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, I, you and I have even texted about it in game where, hey, that was a hell of a on the, on the 75-yard touchdown to start the game with, with Xavier Worthy against OU. It was Marcus Washington who, who really helped spring that. Um, but at, at some point, Texas needs more from its receivers outside of Xavier Worthy. Um, and Marcus Washington and even Josh Moore, to a degree right now, seem like they're more pieces of a scheme as opposed to stars in a scheme, you know. And it, have they talked anything about, uh, you know, Calvante Dixon stepping up or any other other young guys becoming a more focal point in the offense? Because Frankly, right now, I'm not sure there's enough speed on the field. And Josh Moore just doesn't feel like the guy that can get it done over the middle with, in the absence of, of uh, Jordan Whittington. And, and I don't, I'm not sure Marcus Washington is quick enough or best deployed over the middle. Yeah, he was asked about uh, – or Casey Thompson was asked a little bit about that yesterday, you know, trying to make sure what's it like going to – from. 200-pound Jordan Whittington to, you know, 165, 170-pound Josh Moore. I'm with you on that scheme thing. Xavier Worthy seems to be the only guy who can get himself open, while Josh Moore, you've noticed those touchdown catches in the past couple weeks were kind of because defense forgot about him. And, hey, you got to make the catch. You got to run the route. 
but it didn't seem like it was as much about what Josh Moore did as what the, the defense didn't do. So, um, yeah, I, that's that's got to be a place where they figure out how to find guys and, and put them in position a little bit better because Worthy's going to start grabbing that attention if he hasn't already. I think a 260-yard game does that. And Marcus Washington, you had a glimpse. You saw it for a little bit against Oklahoma State. I think part of it was uh, the, the rest of the offense kind of not collapsed, but kind of collapsed around him. And so there wasn't as many opportunities for him to go. Uh, so, I mean, and the other thing is we're going to see a lot more 12 personnel. The, these receivers may have less and less emphasis as we see the game goes on just because they know they, they can't just scheme these guys open every single time. They need someone who can try to get open on their own that might be worthy, and maybe that's how they highlight them just by using 12 personnel. So I want to end, end with this. I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, Joe Cook of InsideTexas.com. Uh, if you are not a subscriber to InsideTexas.com, you should be. Uh, it's the number one source for college, uh, for University of Texas football uh, and recruiting news. Uh, guys like Joe are, are uh, part of the process for, for Inside Texas and, and a big one. I want to end the, the whole show with this, uh, Joe, and that is a question about Casey Thompson's thumb injury. In your opinion, having seen him and talked to him uh, and being there in the postgame, uh, against Oklahoma State, was his thumb in, thumb injury a true part of the loss at Oklahoma State, or was it a byproduct of the loss? You know, which came first? I think it was a, a byproduct. You, you never want to see your quarterback have a wrap on his thumb, and you know it's going to have you know at least a little bit of an effect at some point. But I think what we saw from Casey Thompson against Oklahoma State that. We've seen him do the same things when he didn't have a thumb injury, you know. So I, I don't think that uh, his, that wrapped up thumb was really something that uh, affected him too much. And of course, if you're on Inside Texas, like you like you just mentioned, you knew that they tried to work around that a little bit during the bye week of practice, give him some opportunity to get that thing healed up. Uh, I don't even know if there was a question about it to him. Uh, the other day and if there was it was probably the the typical player answer yeah I'm good I'll go play and I'll be fine who knows if that's the case but I I don't I don't think anything with the offense was specifically like pointing to the pointing to that thumb as the issue I think those offensive issues are there whether that thumb's banged up or not yeah they're more deep they're more deep-seated uh whenever you have a complete implosion like they did in the second half against Oklahoma State all right uh thank you so much for listening Joe appreciate your time bud uh, you have a good one rest of the week. I'll be in contact. Uh, once again, this is On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton for Joe Cook. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe to our videos, uh, and we'll get to, we'll get a, another video out probably tomorrow. Take care now. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.